This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Good evening and welcome to Asking for a Friend. We've been doing this now, Be'ezus Hashem, for several years. And the feedback to this session has been overwhelmingly, not just that there's a gain in hearing the answers and hearing the viewpoints and the approaches and the Das Torah of Talmidei Chacham who spend their days and nights immersed in learning Torah, but something else as well. People tell me again and again that this session has become to them an advertisement, the best advertisement for the process of Das Torah, because you see again and again how Talmidei Chachamim, Rosh Yeshiva, Rabbeim, people who are trained not just to answer, but to listen and to hear and to crystallize and to develop and to leave people feeling a sense of such clarity and such optimism about the future. The last 10 months, 11 months, has been a time of such uncertainty and such mixed messages. And you've heard so much. And one day you heard, wear masks, and then you heard masks don't help. And then you heard that children can transmit it, and then they said, no, no, no children can transmit it. And then they, they told you that there are symptoms, and they told you, no, people are asymptomatic. Against that backdrop, you so much more appreciate it. Anybody who is fortunate enough to have a Rav in their life, a Rosh Yeshiva, a Rabbi, a Rabbah in their life, and saw what it meant to be able to give answers Crystal answers, crystal clear answers, again, confident, confident answers, courageous answers, again and again, understood the comfort and the serenity that comes with being connected to Das Taira. So the convention theme this year is Dafka Achshav. It's never been more important than now to have this opportunity. It's a schus to sit here today with the Rosh Yeshiva, the Rosh Yeshiva of Philadelphia, of Shalom Kamenetsky Shlita, the Rosh Yeshiva of Silver Spring, of Aaron Lapiansky Shlita, both men who are known not just as expert answerers, but as expert listeners. It's a schuss to be here. Let's get underway. We'll start with Inyana Diyayma. question that's on everybody's minds in varying degrees, different aschais, but more or less this is the topic. Just about a year ago, on the heels of the CMHS, the Torah community was flying high. We seem to have the perfect system, Rabbanim, Rashi Yeshiva, doctors, lawyers, advocates. We were cutting edge when it came to medical care. We had relief and renewal and refuah and everything else. And so many askanim who knew had it. We were so sophisticated medically. Medically sophisticated and committed to that Torah. We should have been ready. So what happened? How do we explain what appears to have been the breakdown over the last nine months? Start with the Philadelphia Shreve. Thank you very much. It's a difficult question to answer because we're still in a state of confusion. Let me simply say that we've been blindsided. As soon as you're hit by this from the the side, people were at a loss. People have not experienced this. Most of us in this generation have not experienced this. Kedoli Yisrael did not experience the Spanish flu in 1918 to the point to have some kind of precedent. Every Rav understands that information has to come from doctors when it comes to medicine. And the medical establishment was totally confused just as well as everybody else. And as you mentioned, it was not simply confused, but very, very mixed messages. Once that happens, we obviously listen and expect to take care of ourselves and do the things we have to do, which includes a total lockdown, includes everything else that came at that time. Looking back in 2020 hindsight, obviously it was far from Pashat. Now we understand a lot more about what's going on. At that point, however, things went so much out of control. And indeed, the Rabbonim tried their best to do what they can. Every doctor had something else to say. Suddenly, everyone became ID, infectious disease experts. Everyone gave their own opinion. We were totally confused. At that point, there was a total breakdown of, of thinking clearly, thinking with, the, with any sense of balance. 
as I said, Rabbonim were not, were not at fault simply because the fact the medical establishment at that point knew nothing, knew nothing about this, the entire machla. As things came together, we began to see the fact that they were confused. Rabbonim remained confused based on the fact that they have to understand the medical information to what they have to do. I made one point, I think, very clearly at the time, just to see it. Very often, different questions net different answers. The question becomes like a community where you have of B'nai Torah, Yeshivas, Chadorim, Moistis, Achinuch, and so on, where suddenly the question is, we have an issue. We have a community, you have an infrastructure of Bate Sefer, Bate Medrash, all the types of Moistis that we know that we live with, we thrive on, the Oile Yanke, Mishkan, Esachi, Yisrael. We say, the question is, how do we manage to keep these open in spite of the fact that this medical establishment is saying things are, ter- ter- things are terrible, and indeed, Carbonus did fall. Overall, you look at the question from a broader view and say, how are we supposed to respond and react to this kind of matziv? That kind of question, that's, well, let's look at this. Look at the rest, risk-benefit factor. The risk factor, see what is or what's not dangerous. What do doctors say, those who seem to understand the sugya? And we start collating information, come to certain maskonis where overall the benefit of what's seen and the risk factor make certain decisions. Other places, the question is asked totally differently. What do the doctors say? Any doctor understands that there's certain... Which one is appro- what would be an appropriate first question? What do the Rabbanim say or what do the doctors say? The question would be, how are we supposed to have our society function the way it's supposed to function? Everything included, as B'nai Torah, as, 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 as Yidin, as Klal Yisrael, how is, with so many things that go into what we're supposed to have. Of course we need the input of a doctor to give us exactly some kind of statistic and understanding as to what exactly is happening. We then take that information and run it through Shulchan Aruch, if you will, the filter of Shulchan Aruch, what's considered dangerous, what's not considered so dangerous. So she was saying that even a doctor needs to be filtered through the final stop being well, the Well, definitely so. The doctor gives information, and again, especially when doctors themselves were confused. We're conti- till today, we're finding a conflicting report as to what the mask does or doesn't do, whether schools should or shouldn't be open, whether we have how many groups can get together, how is it indeed transmitted, what's aerosolization, what, all, all these issues are constant and it's in ongoing studies that we call serious studies that are all conflicting. So there's a certain amount of seichel that has to be applied, understandably, Take everything into consideration. What exactly is supposed to be the outcome of this kind of question? We're not foolish. As you said, we're smart when it comes to doctors. We're smart when it comes to B'kuch Nefoshes. We understand that. But there aren't Gidre Aloche. There's a Shulchan Aruch. So instead of having these, so to speak, having the doctors spitted against the Rabbonim, there needs to be a certain amount, that it should have been, and ongoing, it still has to be, a certain amount of information given over to the Rabbonim, coming from many different sources, of course, conflicting information, and with seichel, and with yishev adas, and with proper gisha to understand what can or cannot be trusted. Obviously, it's from the layperson's view. It's simply the tzirabonim. But then, through the filter of shulchan aruch, to make decisions that work for the, the overall community. You find differences in different communities where the question was simply asked, what do the doctors say? I always had this feeling. I remember in a certain uvda where I was told about a certain condition. The doctor told, well, one in a hundred he got sick. And I responded, well, one in a hundred, why should I be choshish one in a hundred? And I had an epiphanous moment. I realized, I'm one out of a hundred. That doctor sees a hundred. So one out of a hundred will indeed be sick. So the gisha of a doctor is totally different from the gisha of a layperson. These two things conflict. So the Shulchan Aruch tells us, take it, take the information, and make a decision based on the information. Um, I think the two points in the question that I'd like to address... I think the, let me, I just give over a story that Chazanish 
um, there was a, a family where the head of the family, the father, needed an operation that would either save his life or take it from him. It was a very serious condition, and without the operation, there wouldn't be much hope. And with the operation, there might be hope, but the operation itself might just leave him on the table. They came to the Chazanish, and the Chazanish said to make the operation. They did it. He died on the operating table. At the Leviah, the Chazanish went over afterwards to the children, and he told them, you did the right thing, and don't one minute regret um, what you did. I think somehow between the swirl of stories, our understanding of Das Torah, Rebbes, Ruch HaKodesh, that with the right leadership, we will get, we'll predict the future. Um, once upon a time, like a little bit over 2,500 years ago, that was true. They went to VM, and that's how it worked. That's not how it's supposed to work. The question that we need to ask is, are we doing the right thing? And like Rav Shola mentioned, that means taking the facts as best as you can ascertain them, and then go through Shulharuch. And if, if a decision was made one way or another way, then if it's the right decision, we did the right thing. Lives are in the hands of Kaddish Baruch Hu. So evaluating did Rabbonim make the right decision, the question is not some statistic. The question is, bottom line, did we do what was the right thing to do? So I think that would be very helpful in helping people understand what we expect. We, we, whether you live or not, that's in Mishlam's hands. Whether Pikuach Nefesh is Deich this or this is Deich Pikuach Nefesh, that's a question what's the right thing to do. I think that's one point I, I would like to sort of emphasize because I think people get it wrong. The second one, um, I think, um, I guess referencing to an article about Mashiach, Rabbi Yisrael, um, if we need to understand what our problem with Mashiach is, it's as follows. There is no halachic structure for um, halachic unity of Kal Yisrael. There is no framework where Rabbonim can and should get together, Paschim with a rove, and it should have a din of Ahmed Laminyan. So in a, the most we have is a, a community that has one kehillah, then the Murad Asra has very strong halachic standing, and yes, that's what the community should do, and that's very clear. When you have a few communities together, they can work in tandem, but um, they have no halachic obligation to work in tandem. So if you have a group of a dozen Rabbanim who one person sees a certain situation as pikuach nefesh and it's usr, and one person has, sees a pikuach nefesh and yimachoyev to do something, then there's no way in which one could force the other to agree or should force the other to agree. So as long as the things were going on, menuchos, we all agree on Torah, we all agree on yeshivas, we all agree on things like that. So there was a beautiful consensus um, a de facto consensus of people agreeing to similar things. No, there, were, there were no real issues. This brought about genuine um, sharpnesses of difference of opinion. There is no way in which it can be resolved halachically. The problem is, so if you live in a town with one rav, one community, then we know exactly what you're supposed to do. If you live in a town that has a few communities and they're all together, and there's sort of a Vadra Banim that functions extremely tight, and they, they 
they go by a majority and so on, that um, also works well. But when you have Baruch Hashem, a Reba of Kehillahs, and Rabbanu thinking differently, so you'll have one Kehillah that says coming to Minyan is Yarek Vayavr, and one says coming to Minyan is Ritzicha. Um, unfortunately, the rhetoric tends to become very, very hot and, and a lot of, lot of issues with the way it which it's done. But sadly, uh, uh, only when Mashiach comes will we have a format where you can actually decide these things in a halachic way. So it's, I think it's brought to the forefront the issue of the etzim. We're not yet there. Even something as one of us good as Israel that tries to pull the talents and efforts of everybody, but when it comes to a shy like this, there's no format that can actually obligate one side or the other. Okay, so, so let me bring it down from theory to practice then, if that's okay. Just to ask. So let's say Goshiva mentioned that we have, by us, uh, a cheder opening and a kail opening is, is also a life. So a rough has to make that decision. So what about something like chasanas? You don't think that the Roshiva don't say that maybe we were a little too lax or a little too quick to just not want to be bothered with restrictions and we went on as normal, with our own events? There's no question you're dealing with the community. The community will have their own preferences. And if it comes to a chasana, there's no shy that each one is going to make, want to make the chasana the way they should. To the extent that the rabbanon have the control, and again, there's another unfortunate situation of even when the rabbanon do have some sense of control of how much they can control when it comes to making chasanas. So as much as they'll try to mandate to a degree what the limitations, I think the government it was more, more, more strong about that. So there's no question there's only so much they could do. They could suggest, they could comment. To pass on the Allah, they say that the Ticha of making a large chasana probably needs a lot more you know, insight, a lot more understanding to be able to make that kind of sack. Um, I guess I'm segueing a bit. I, I, what I feel is an undercurrent in that question is to blend halacha, minhag, emotional experience has unfortunately become a blend. So a heilige chasana with the zaydis and the bubis and the and told about shemtev is a wonderful. It's wonderful to think of it that way. And when a person goes to a chasana that one should go to, and he feels the dimensions of kedusha and all the wonderful deris, that's wonderful. But when it comes to halacha, I'm not aware of peskim that include the heilige zaydis into the cheshbin and the great inyan of being at that chasana and halachic decisions. Uh, maybe it's my chinuch in the Litvish yeshivas, should be done on a very different basis. Our practicing Yiddishkeit includes a lot of that uh, emotional part and the chavayan, the as they say in Hebrew, of it, which is, which is a wonderful dimension. It adds so much chiyos. But then it starts becoming an issue about halacha. Um, I want to s- just mention, because he's one of the people on, on the heels of his, of his ptira, Rabbi David Feinstein at the Levaya, one of his grandchildren mentioned how he never missed a minion. His, 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 there was no bounds for him to keep an alocha. When he was sick and he couldn't, whatever the doctor said, there was no, there was no krechts. This is Ratzon Hashem now. I think that that's a lot, the cause. Why do we need hundreds of people at a chasna? So, yes, when everything's okay, so the ribya simcha, the, 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 all the halic dimensions of it, it should encourage a reimimus and, 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 and so on. But when a person needs to ask himself, then answers become different. I think it's part of the root of a lot of the issues that there's a, 
is that opshernish required to have a revam hadesmelech for every here and another person? I'm not sure that that's a, you know, from looking at halachically. It, Again, okay, but everybody has their uh, their religious experience, so to speak, Correct. that they hold. Some people need kiyoshayif and yeshiva, and some people need so, to dab in this so, way. So we need to learn so, to separate. I'm not here to to ask on other people. Everybody has Correct. their and everybody, including so including the person who needs to have yom kippur and yeshiva dafka, he needs to, to this year you need to open up a shulchan aruch and look at the simonim about eating and not about the simonim about davening. You know the simonim about pigoch nefesh. And say to yourself, we have to learn to separate when, when we turn on the emotion that's unthinkable not to be in yeshiva, and I'll make tremendous Mr. Nefesh. When the Mr. Nefesh is not literal, that's, that's 100% right. When the Mr. Nefesh is literal and it's somebody else's Nefesh to boot, then, then, then um, we need to learn how to separate. And, uh, I don't want to be a nudnik and, and belabor the point, just a, a little more. By the way, are you chesidish? Are you coming with an angle, or you're you're? Uh... I'm always coming with an angle, and not just one. Usually more than one. Um, I'm kind of stare. <laughs> the, the if you go into from communities, and it's really anywhere, I wouldn't say that my mask wearing is at a hundred percent. It's not uh, maybe like it is in other communities. I don't know if it's like that in secular communities. A lot of people, if you speak to them, they'll say, "Yeah, but we saw the rallies, we saw the protests in the street. We see that in secular America, they don't really care. Skates and done so much, yeah. and this is a thing that they're doing more or less." But what about the Gullis aspect? What about the fact that we're still guests in somebody else's land? And out of respect for them, they're looking at us. Why wouldn't there be an Indian in just being up in public? Well, let, let me sorry. We'll type us then. To what you're saying, on Pesach, um, I try to be very, very sorry and chametz and snap. I walk out, all, all, the, all the restaurants are open eating bread and snap. Does it really, does it bother me? I know this usher, and I don't. So... If I think that wearing a mask is important, the fact that the Beale Street don't do, they, they also eat chametz on Pesach. So w- why don't we transfer what we believe to be right? So if somebody feels a mask can do something, whether it'll save the whole world or it'll save one out of a thousand. But if we feel that way, unless a person feels it doesn't save anybody, fine. I'm not, that's, but, but I'm saying if we do, what do I care about people in also? Since when did that become a, a, a thing for us? I mean, there's not a thing we do that the world doesn't do. The, the answer is we go with our own Sahara. So, so why is this, why because they're doing it, does that become different to us? Let uh, me address that a moment. Yeah. In other words, what happens is like this. I think that the Yeshiva lights, for example, are critical thinkers. They think things through. So the second they see this clear discrepancy, this real hypocrisy going on, their reaction is the fact is that at this point, it's a bunch of, it's, 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 not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's lies, it's all lies, it's political, it's driven by politics. So that's the case, I could do what I want to do. In other words, now I address what you're saying, you can't do what you want to do. It's not true, you can't do what you do. You may be 100% right, it's politically driven, there's a certain element of undercurrent of anti-Semitism, call it what you want, but the bottom line is you can't do what you want to do. It's not Hefker. You are a Yidin Golis. Oh, even though if it's driven by anti-Semitism, don't we have to push back and not go like sheep to the slaughter? So that, that, in other words, that becomes a more direct question of how does one address anti-Semitism? That is true. But does that mean you made a statement, I will now fight anti-Semitism by walking around without a mask? What have you done? You've done nothing besides looking at the optics of it. You've done, 
a terrible travesty. The average person out there doesn't understand what you're doing to push back. There are ways of pushing back to the anti-Semitism. That's Chazal's Eitzes that we speak about during Tefillah Melchoma, which is a Bezunder But as far as making a statement by not wearing a mask, you want to show the fact that it's all anti-Semitic and, and, they're, all, and they're all hypocritical, there's nothing gained by that. There's nothing at all gained by that. Again, a critical thinker understands that this is totally, it's, the, 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 the hypocrisy is blatant. It's not a shayla. So now what do you do about it? You know, you're living in a world where that is the way, that's the, that's the name of the game. That's what it looks like. Having said that, you can't prove anything by reacting publicly to that hypocrisy. But what's the Wait, point? One second. So how does it organize, like a good Israel, but not only a good Israel, we, we were always trained that we lay low in Gaulus, but we see real organizations led by Gadayot uh, making lawsuits, so suing that takes, the government. So very good. So you, that why takes is that? Us, when those, the proper Stadlonen and Gdali Yisrael understand that there's a need called pushing back, indeed that's called Mulchama. We'll include it in the gather of Mulchama. If it's Dari and Tefillah Mulchama, this is something called, you know, political activism is a form of Mulchama, which, which, which with the proper Gish has done. We know that's what we do. I, as a Yachid, cannot make the statement that I want to blatantly show I will not be in a spoil from the fact you're, you're attacking me. Bosapis. My grandfather's Messiah was no talus in the streets. What's the statement you're trying to make? There is no statement you can make as a Yachid. Kalal Yisrael, if it's effective and can be done, and you're addressing an Akuda, so although you're in Golas, indeed there's a gadget called Muhammad. Political activism is a form of Muhammad. But that's not given over to try in your own home. But me as a Yachid, so it gives me the license to fear that Muhammad. It's, it's, it's a collective Golal Yisrael decision as opposed to me as a Yachid. Um, I guess, again, segueing about this issue about uh, fighting, I'd like to give a marshal. And, and ex- and a person is walking down the street, and there's a bully that lives nearby, and the bully attacks him. So th- there are two forces um, dictating, possibly, what do I do? One is a gut emotional pushback. I'm going to punch him back. Um, or a seicheldik understanding of what do I want, how do I get to it, and what's most effective. The worst thing that you can do is react with that emotion. Uh, one of the reasons I'll be there why the Israeli army is effective is because it's not run by emotions. It's very cold and calculating. Many times the Arab armies were run on hyped-up emotions, and that's where you make your worst mistakes. If you decide to attack the bully and there's no chance of you um, winning and you get clobbered, so um, is that what you wanted? So there are some people that they'd rather lay in the hospital for six months and just feel good that they kicked back, and then what will be after six months is not clear. If somebody with Seichel says, you know, he's a type of bully that if you hit him once, he'll, he'll you know, go away, then that's the right thing to do. The problem is, that what you're talking about, the, the, the mob-type reaction, he's not wearing this, I'm not going to wear this. He, he's the same Israel, I'm going to do this. That's not a tactic. That, that's, that's a very, very low-grade emotional response that sh- doesn't show much about yourself and not much about your seichel. Um, the type of things that Godis Israel does is sits down and weighs. What are our goals? What do we prioritize? How do we get to it legally in ways that, that, that don't run afoul of the law? And it's a seichel-based reaction. Yes, and, 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 what, and what will be the price? Everything is a trade-off. You get only so many points in a political game. 
What are we saying? So it's not the, the protest. It's not, the, it's not a street uprising. It's not at all. It's not all. the Haredi Spring. A street uprising is the lowest common denominator of, of, reaction. of, of reaction, and it's something that brings the worst results. So uh, just comparing the two, um, Agudas reactions are um, reactions that are thought through and they're done uh, civilly and they're done through the through due process of law and, and, and takes into account what do we gain, what do we lose. My final question on this topic, then, then we'll go back to Yiddishkeit. Um, uh, <laughs> people said all the Yiddin after the Lager, the Klezmerger Rebbe, and others came out of the camps and they said they, they couldn't believe that after all that Mashiach is in here. It, it didn't, the, most people of, of our generation have never seen the world just economic collapse, uh, government collapse, uh, entertainment, every industry has been eventually turned everything upside down. Whatever it meant Tzipisali Yeshua a year ago, and, and, and being waiting uh, for it, it, did, did our perspective vis-a-vis Ikhvis and Mashiach and waiting for Mashiach change in Iota since 12 months ago because of what we just saw? Is it Mechaev more? Uh, I'm not asking the Hirsh Yeshiva to, to, you know, to predict and, uh, you know, like the little Mechabalim. But Abentayra's thinking, okay, this is it, Mashiach's coming. Look what just happened. You see it? So let me tell you my reaction to this. I've had this question many times, and again, I'll defer to Herbarn, so beautifully written about what we're talking about in the Tzipir Yeshua. But let me tell you as follows. I tell people, Chazal say, from the Gimbal Dvom Shaboyim Behesach Hadas, one of them is Mashiach. If you're so taken and so busy with the fact that this sim and that sim and the other, where's the Hesach Hadas? Mashiach and Hesach Hadas means as follows. All the things are there. The overarching thing, there's no question that the Mashiach, things are abnormal. Like you said, everything's imploded. There's no question. Hesach Adas means remove your das from thinking about the Mashiach part of it and change your way of life. The focus becomes everything besides thinking about Simon Acher v'Simon Oisif. But that's the difference. But what am I telling my children? I'm putting them to sleep at night. They're like, what just happened to the whole world? Because the Mashiach, the Ben Shama has a plan for the Bria, we're coming to the end. Is that a thing to be telling children? You can tell the children that. And because of that, at this point, we're supposed to, the next point is focus on your Tikkun, Learn better, steig better, focus on that, focus on your tefillah, focus on your limud, change your diktaka mitzvah. That's the outcome. The outcome is not, let's be excited and look at the simonim and find where the other simonim shtim with this chazal to that chazal and the other chazal and how it's going to help me personally. And Abayan said so beautifully. So and the gematria also. Yeah, the gematria says <laughs> for, for sure. There's always a gematria. Baruch Baruch gave us an endless supply of gematrias. Limit amount, Baruch Hashem. But the focus in us, the shift has to be behesel chadas. Not because you're silly and you ignore the simonim. Chazal give us simonim. But you understand that those simonim are supposed to prompt you to focus on different things. That's the Hesachadas of Mashiach. That you can clearly tell. Rabbi Sai, kids, it's, it's special times now. At this time, we have to do so much more to be medactic in the things we're supposed to be doing. And think about means the Amuna, the fact that behind, in the back, in the rest of his mind, there's an Amuna. About it's there. But because it's all there, do the things you're supposed to be doing. That's the focus. Um, I, I'd like to go back to something a little more basic in, in, this, in this vein. Um, there's a story from the Briskarov. And again, our, our, our Briska Meiser should be told over with every little detail. Sholem remembers these things really well. But I, I hope I have pretty much the, 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 the story there. Briskarov, when he got married, got a nadin of, of a, a, a block of buildings in Warsaw. That was prime real estate. Warsaw was the Manhattan of 100 years ago. Um, the, um, something happened. I don't remember if it was cheated out or something happened. 
and basically lost it. And he said the following remark at some point. Mimaint, I'll, I'll translate the Yiddish, but the Mimaint as Menuchas HaNefesh is Binyonim in Varsha. You think that Menuchas HaNefesh is having buildings in Warsaw. Menuchas HaNefesh is a capital Sharbitoch in the Chavis Lavavis. Menuchas HaNefesh is Sharbitoch in the Chavis Lavavis. I think there's a much, much more fundamental lesson we should take out and teach our kids, and that is the concept of Bitochen, meaning not Bitochen when things are hard because we'll come through, but no matter how much we think that something uh, feels to us as if this is, we have it all, we don't. Um, somebody is speaking to me who, who has um, a lot of Nechassim in, in places that people were envious of. And he told me recently about what it looks like now in terms of income and the mortgages and stuff like that, and, and it's, it's frightening. The idea that something nobody could have thought that the airline industry would be flying three passengers over, over a month. Nobody, I just came in by train, and in my car there were two people, three people, and that's what it looked like. Uh, I walked in Manhattan. I grew up in Manhattan. It, it was frightening. Um, it, it, it was a ghost town. So, so I think lessons in Bitochen and what is real and what's lasting, I think those are more fundamental lessons. Before we get to Mashiach, Shai Bitochen in Chavis Avavis should, should, should take precedence, I think. Rosh Yeshiva questions. Baruch Hashem, over the past two years, there have been a proliferate proliferation of yeshivas designed for the boy who needs something different to keep him connected to Yiddishkeit and growing. There's certainly a need, and Baruch Hashem, that they're there. However, this has now had an effect on boys who could otherwise be matzliach in a mainstream yeshiva. Well, they're okay with the davening and the starim. They don't mind. They like being yeshiva-like in They also want to go on ski trips and have kumzitzes and shabbatons and more sports and shorter starim. How should parents, mechanchem yeshiva, deal with boys who are on the fence and they wouldn't mind a bit more activity, but they can make it in a mainstream yeshiva. So, that still um, so I, I definitely, I think it's a, it, is a, it was a critical need to have yeshivas that have more of a, of a spread. I would, I would like to think that we could have a much greater continuum of yeshivas. There are so many yeshivas, Baruch Hashem, and other than which Masechta are learning, it's hard to see the differences. But there are many more different types of people. S- some boys need, they like Musser more. Some boys like Chesidah Shaknech. Some boys are Kumzit. Some boys a little more time for sports. It, th- there should be a continuum. We shouldn't have to say, okay, do we want the Bacher in Brisk or in remedial Yeshiva? I, I mean, there should be something in between a, 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 a Yeshiva that, that, is, that is geared for Bacher that at a young age are already you know, um, fully in it and can handle it and do extremely well to Bachrim that need still time, space. I think it's also something that parents need to make more honest cheshman nefesh. A, a, a parent who really would like his son to be very matzliach. And unfortunately, I know, I know parents like this where they think that the way the kid will be matzliach is by pushing very hard. And it's not productive. Usually, a boy's rabbi will usually have a, a good feel on it. He'll have more of an objective feel than a parent has. 
um, it's, it's wonderful that parents have the goal that they want to be a godly Israel, and they have an image of a godly Israel, but they don't always have a realistic image of what their kid is like. It's, it, and there are many, there are many godly Israel who, who, in younger years, took a bit to catch up, and that's their nature. So she was saying, "Befell, go easy." And I would say, I'd say the attitude should change, and it, 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 there should be a more realistic evaluation of what a boy needs, and there should be, and it should be different. I shouldn't be forced to, to, to between a yeshiva that has all learning and nothing well, else. She was saying the same yeshiva should figure out a way to accommodate yeah, a no, boy who needs many more. There should be a natural reboot of moistness that that have different flavors to it because that that's how many people there are. And, and, and it, we, right now, we're focused on the two service. Either yeshiva that's trying to, to, to they look at, the, at Reb Chaim Kanievsky's daily schedule, and they sort of more or less try to keep that, or something that's taken from a place that's remedial or to the extreme. There, there should be room in different ages and different times. There, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong by, uh, in, in a place where younger Bachram have one type of schedule, and as you get older, you have a, 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 a more rigorous schedule. I, I, I would like to think that there should be a, a greater variety of yeshivas that mix a little bit. Um, some some bachim get very little out of a kumzitz, some bachim get their chiyos out of it, and some bachim need a little bit of it. it, it, it there, there should be more expression of different, um, different bits and pieces, and, and the male of more people will find a place that fits them. The, 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 you know, a shoe, if it's too loose or too tight, the tzara shove is, it's not good. So, so sometimes you make a mistake. But w- w- the idea that the tighter the shoe, th- the better the foot is going to be, doesn't hold itself out. And, and, and just a loose shoe doesn't do much for a person either. There should be enough sizes, widths and lengths, to be able to, to, to find a place for different people with different needs, especially boys at different ages, have different needs. There's no question that there's, the yeshiva, the tachas of yeshiva is to develop a full human being. That's the tachas of the yeshiva, not simply make the lamb, and that's poshut. And because of that, human beings are varied. As Aaron said so beautifully, you're talking about so many types of people, and especially the world we live in today, it's so varied, not shyly. So the yeshiva has to cater to that. And the first thing as a parent, a parent has to understand that the child is not his nachas machine. It's so important. We generally, as parents, look at our kids and say, you're going to give me nachas. And because of the world at large, which is dictated by what's called the facade, externality, that's mechaif. Oh, this guy made it. He's big. He's choshev. He's got to the best yeshiva. So because you're my nachas machine, I have to push you to get to the best yeshiva. And unfortunately, to the point of the cost of the child. The child has to be understood individually as that. And the person's koiches, the child's koiches has to be developed to the nth degree. Every yeshiva has to fit the child. And so beautiful stated, talking the size of the shoe, it has to fit. If it doesn't fit, it's a churm. Hein letav, hein lemutav, there's no question. Yes, indeed, the bochum on the fence, as you describe, a bochum that they look to the other side, and they, have, they look, they're having a great time. What are you? Who are you? Let's define you as a bochum. That has they to don't, be studied. Forgive me if I get personal a minute. The yeshiva's are yeshiva, one of the most prestigious yeshivas in the world. There are probably Bachem in Philadelphia who would enjoy your Kumsitz. I assume it's not part of the formal schedule on a regular basis. That they give, uh, okay. But what about that Bachem in Philadelphia who could use it? It would be nice for him. As funny as it sounds, I'll, again, I guess a moment of candor. I know that's as big view to many, but we've had such Bachem yeshiva, and I made it a point to come to my house with a couple of the Bachem and have that song to sing together. 
Choshet, the times that they had him come because they knew he needed it, the Bokhah needed it, he sat there with five other Bokhah, and we sat in Fabrin for an hour and a half, for two hours, in singing together. So the answer is like, like the Silvers, we exactly need to have Rabbeim, or tuned enough to know what the Bokhah needs. What the Bokhah needs, but our focus is not how good you are in the Shtikul Taisvis. Our focus is who you are as a mensch. And every child, every person is different. Obviously, Kashem they're not the same thing. We're trying our best to get the bracha to be the best he's supposed to be. And he needed that kumzis. And another bracha doesn't speak to it at all, obviously. It means each bracha has to have what he has to have. And that's the focus of the yeshiva. So the yeshivas are doing their thing. They're not just giving these kids a good time. They're trying to take the bracha. You could find yourself. You could figure out exactly who you are. Okay, the yeshivas, as we know, the yeshivas are, because it's a system by nature, it doesn't speak to all the same. It cuts, it shortens, it makes long, it's what it does. As long as it's not a stone battle, obviously, we're talking about the yeshivas doing what it's supposed to be doing. But the point is, the varied yeshivas would be fantastic, because the yeshiva speaks to different types of boys, and we have to be honest, as mechanchem and as parents, to understand what this particular boy needs. Once you have that, the yeshivas can indeed service the child. Now, Michael, let me interrupt you. I, sure, I want to have a Maisa Rav. And it's, it's something that, um, it, it, one word of an Adam Gadol. When I, the first year, second year, I was in Silver Spring, I would go back frequently to Soma, I was still there, and there was a group of boys from the senior class, in the middle of winter, visiting Eretz Yisrael, and um, they looking for the yeshivas, they would go to the next year. I also, all the boys go to Eretz Yisrael, just on every Bach goes to Eretz Yisrael, um, afterwards to learn for years, and they were looking. I was at I was in Etzel also then, and I told them I'll take you around a little bit for a day. So then I went different places, and I took him into Rebel Yashif. He was still available, and you could you know, I took them in four boys, and uh, the Gabbai told Rebel Yashif, these are four American bachim, very fine American bachim, looking for yeshivas. They want a bracha from the rav. They should get into the best yeshivas. Sir Abiyashiv nodded uh, soberly and he said, Hashem, they should get into the most suitable yeshivas. He changed the word best to suitable. I don't know if you knew Yashiv. was on a hair. He was a medaikin. I want to say Berchosin Eskaima. They went to four different yeshivas. Each one turned out a, a gem. And, um, and he, um, he but, but that was, a, it was a hesachadas of an Adam Gadol, the way he said it. Um, that the, the, the best means nothing, suitable means everything. And, and uh, just, uh, you know, I don't know if the story ever made it in. This story is, to me, is the demus of, of a, a, a person with a very crystal clear uh, dastair. You know, I just want to follow up on something. This is going to sound counterintuitive, because in the Welt, people who aren't really following closely think that the girls have it much easier than the boys. The girls, their high school is one big comesits, and geos, and, and, and the boys are the ones who have to learn. It's really not so posh that it's like that, because at the end of the day, the gauge of success for boys, he goes through a system, and there's always going to be a shiva that's going to take him next. Wherever he goes, he's going to go from A to V, and in Eretz Yisrael as well, he's going to end up in a, in a yeshiva that's suitable for him. The girls have a big problem, because there's only academics. That's the only barometer. Most of them, or many of them, are not academically inclined. They're beautiful girls. They're wonderful. They're they're not academic. That's not their thing, historia and girish svarad. It just doesn't do it for them. And they're only going to get into seminary if their marks are good. That's just the Matthias. So the, the end game is almost out of reach for a lot of them because they're not academically inclined. And there's no yeshivas like seminaries for the girls who are not academically inclined, really. There's not that many options of it for whatever reasons. Um, it's just maybe because the motivations are different when people open girls' schools and seminaries than when they open yeshivas. Um, 
I can't say this as a generalization, but a, a lot of times the woman's teachers aren't, it's not the same as a Rebbe because they're, they're wives and mothers. They're not able to give what a Rebbe is able to give in the yeshiva and sit down on Thursday night till 2 o'clock in the morning and to open it. They have shibudim. So the, the girls aren't, are getting the short end of the stick and, 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 and the whole academic thing is breaking it for them. So what, what, would, what is our system doing to them? If, if there's superficiality about the boys who have options, imagine what it does to the girls who only have academics to go on and they're not academic. I'm less than familiar with the, with the world of, of uh, seminaries. I, my daughters grew up basically not Israel, so I, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. But Silver Spring, you know, we have the girls' high school, and I, I, Mikufia does seem they go to a variety of seminaries, different types, different experiences, and Bedarat Kalal do very well. I, I don't get that feedback that, is, that all seminaries are all based on academics. I, I do feel that they have... Quite a variety. I know that by Catherine. Should academics be a, a, a variable by a girl no, at all? It's one of the tools. For some people, a non-serious learning atmosphere makes everything not serious. Some girls do better when they have academics. It, it should always be with the goal of what fits the person. I know our Manal Rabbi Katz, who's an extremely astute and dedicated Manal, is, is, it goes... A big part of his effort is to find the right seminaries, and it has to do a lot with the with the personality of the girl. I, I believe, from what I see and I understand, that the almonds there. I, I do believe there are many, many nuances. Of, of, of exp- there are some that are more into the experience, some are more into a, 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 an emotional connection. That's my. That's the feedback. I, I must admit, I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm removed from it. My children never went through a system here. And, and I'm not heavily involved in the girls' school. I get did with this Nikuli because my wife, being a mechaneches in the girls' high school, actually in Philadelphia, does deal with the girls, and it's always very specific. She's not an academic. This won't work for her. She needs the warmth of this small moisture. There are indeed, the numbers don't sound so many. That You're right about this, Phil. But at the same time, it sounds that they're clearly different flavors of, of, the, of the... Should uh, academics be a factor when weighing up the For those, there's very well. serious limits. There's no question it's in the Kuda. There are those... No, I'm saying that is that something that schools... Is academics mean anything? By so you see, you're dealing with something which is a broader picture, which is the world at large. There's no question the world at large is such that, you know, because the push for equality, call it what you want, but Lamaisa, the average girl, does feel to a degree that you cannot look aside to the academics. It means something. There's a certain amount of, quote, learning, unquote, that has to be done for the girl to feel she has accomplished something. Even the weaker girls that have no, no, they're no interest in that, you know, girls have all kinds of talents, all kinds of things. Again, I can speak from a personal experience from, from grandchildren of mine that are brilliant, actually, but not academically inclined to sit through a classroom, but very creative and very, very good. They found each one their, their personal niche to find exactly where they could thrive and bring themselves out. But there are girls that need that academic. He's saying as, as a rule, as the Moise just Moise becomes based or very much caters only to academics, it's probably not going to work for the girls, but you have a very serious element of girls, a smaller percentage probably, that will indeed thrive in the academics. But of course, it's a larger picture than that. And as I said before, each one needs what she particularly needs. That's what, supposed, that's what she's supposed to go, obviously. There's also, just let me refer back a second to this. There, there is an element about academics important because it lends itself to responsibility, to accountability. Chesed has no way to measure it. I mean, a Shemayim, after 120. But here, so if we have, let's say we have a school that's teaching boys or girls, and we emphasize Chesed a lot. That's great. And, and yes, in character, it does a lot. But it's important that there be a test, a, a, an accountability, 
a sense of some starch in, in that, in that uh, fabric. So I definitely think academics is important, even for boys or girls, that that's not going to be their gateway to Yiddishkeit. Um, how much kifi, you know, that, that's, it's part of the balance. I have to ask a question. I don't know if it's the most comfortable question. Somebody sent it in last year already, and we didn't get to it because of the time constraints. Constraints. The person wrote to me, this woman wrote to me after the convention last year. I don't know how you, how you make a decision which questions to use, but you should know that I'm not my clue because I, I have no one to ask this question to. I can't ask it. So if you don't ask it, you're cheating me out of a chance for the entire. I'm going to read it because, uh, you know, uh, threats work. I grew up, she writes, um, in the name of a Hasidic relevant uh, community and a very, very recognized and respected Hasidic. I grew up in the blind community, as did my husband. It was just too hard and restrictive. And us and many of our friends left that community, but were eager to stay connected to Yiddishkeit, to Halacha, all of it, not, not baseline. We want to be Yiddin. We send our kids to Chadarim, the girls go to girls' school. Um, some people call us tuna bagels. This is what she writes. I didn't make up this question. And we have a large community, just like us, people who live in a neighborhood, we're all the same. I see, in the years since I moved here, uh, this person obviously thought that they were going to cap it. This, we can't do this, but we could do this. But she says, because it's a community built on people who left, we've gotten more and more relaxed. The shaitals get longer, sneers gets less, more technology and more secular culture. I feel like we threw out the baby with the bathwater. Is there a solution for me, one woman alone, to remind and encourage people who are genuinely good to find their footing and save themselves? There's a lot here, on a lot of levels. Let me start something, interesting story. I had a story once, many years ago, there was a family, irreligious parents came with a daughter of Balas Tshuva. They came, and she was very convinced about what she was doing was right, and she was at odds with her parents. It happens often, often enough. I came to my father. My father wanted me to be the Bishas Maise. We had a discussion about she, she was very sure what she was doing is right and everything else. And she was being very, very obstinate, not being macabre in our opinion. So I said, I want to tell you something. You'll, please forgive me. It's amazing. What you've done is amazing. You've changed your life. You've made decisions on it. You've, made, you've changed your life. And that change of life has given you not only the fact you've come to truth, but now you have the license to make decisions based on what you think are right decisions. One of the most difficult things Bali Tshuva have, and I've noticed this time and again, is the concept of Selah Rav direction from someone, a leader, someone tells you what to do. Because they've made decisions, and good decisions, they've come to good conclusions, they begin to trust the decision-making process. The idea of someone else telling them exactly what to do is difficult for them to be in the Kabul. I can't say it's across the board, but I've seen this from time to time. Because they fought hard. They to fought be hard, they can't, and they made decisions, wow. and wonderful decisions, and a murder can accuse And I explained to her, there's something called a Seyla Kharab in Yiddishkeit. Part of your being about Shuvah, about us Shuvah, has to be to accept the fact that if someone may be smart, if you see the trees from the forest, and can indeed help you, although you're great with your decision-making process, but at times you need to understand things a little differently. Now, that's from that end of the spectrum. Let me tell you something. Whatever group of these people are coming from, a person coming from a group of a sect of Hasidim, at that point there was a person who was the decision-maker. Now, as you said, the question seems to point that it was too much for them, but they understood the first epiphanous moment for every people of these, these, or these organizations, these groups of Chassidim is to find that, that there are people out there that really observe a Yiddishkeit which is really vibrant and true and is gehalten, Shulchan Aruch, and Gantzen is gehalten. Besides, until that point, they looked at them, everyone besides our sect, Zezen Agoyim. You know, the fact they look different, Zezen Agoyim. At this point, I've been introduced to the fact that Zenishkin Goyim, I've had personally experience with people such as these that have indeed spoken to me about their introduction to a little shayid, as a bal shulchan aruch, as a yiddish mensch, as oiz galton, a gleip toichen boy It's an amazing thing. 
an epiphanous moment at times. But here, interestingly enough, it's the exact opposite of this Bala's tshuva. She walked away from a place that she felt she had a mentorship, she had a Rebbe that held her life. She didn't like the constriction, didn't like the strictures of what the society was mechaiv, but the fact that she broke away from that indicated a decision that she now looks as cons. She pushed away the fact there's a mentorship in her life. And from the flip side of it, she came from total mentorship to no mentorship at all, made the decision on her own. She no longer has the idea of the fact that even amongst us, there's something called a mentor, a leader, someone who looks at you and tells you, no, nope, it's not the way you're supposed to be doing things. Reb Salanter supposedly said, in other words, there's two extremes here. You have something called a mentorship. A person that you're describing here, the first thing she needs to do is find somebody she trusts and and turn to that individual and say, help me, guide me. I'm not going back to my roots with the fact that I take direction from somebody out there that I give these, give me my moorings, show me where I'm supposed to be, show me what I'm supposed to do. It's inevitable. A person breaks away from something, and there's an undercurrent here as well. She broke away from that because she had, obviously, the undercurrent of the ability to break away. I'm not going to call her the Merida. She sounds like she really wanted to go away from this. It was too much for her. She wants to be an Elch from a Yid. But there was an element here of breaking away from something else. That Nakuda times given an undercurrent where I come to this. Okay, I'm used to this now. Let's see if I can break away from this as well. She doesn't want that. She wants to be able to come to a point where she's comfortable comfortable with who she is in her Yiddishkeit. What she needs at that point is a direct mentor. Someone who could tell her and show her these things, there's a line crossed, they should not be done. I understand you're not mishabit yourself to a certain sect of chsidim or rebbe, whatever it should be. You want to be an erlich yid. You want to be mishabit yourself to teirach You need direction. So don't reject the concept of being a chosid. Reject the concept of being someone who's stuck in a system. Find the rebbe who accepts your starting point as right where you are now and work with that person. That's exactly right. Um, I would like to continue that line. Um, nobody can be an Erlich Yid based on what you can't do. Um, that's, you know, you can't, you oughtn't, you shouldn't, doesn't do it for anybody. Um, what a person needs is what, yes. So somebody learned in the Yeshiva, the Muslim was turned on. So he remembers sitting all Thursday night trying to say Teretz HaNaktais, trying to answer Kivegas Akasha, there's a certain regish tektusha that accompanies him, and he may have drifted, he may not have drifted, but that's it. He, somebody might have been into the davening in the yeshiva, the, the, the seriousness, so on and so forth. Um, this person, again, sounds that they never had those feelings of connection in the chassidus that they grew up in. Now, which means that it's all going to be about what not. I don't think that has staying power. I think what needs to develop, and there is, and there are, people who are chassidish rebbes, even if they're litvisha, they have a personality and an ability to create an environment that people feel the positive mm-hmm. side. There was a certain community, and again, both very chashva people, I'd like to mention names, um, where a... a, a a geographic area that has two extremely um, drawing figures, 
one has a very, very chassidish Knesh himself. He grew up Litvish. He's a no, no, no Rebbe Sheyichas, and certainly not until the Baal Shem Tev, maybe before, but no chassidish from the Baal Shem Tev. But he's a person with a very chassidish Knesh and has drawn many people in who's, who found fire and warmth Yiddishkeit. Not far from him, a few blocks away, is somebody who has a very serious, earnest, halachic perspective uh, with... with a certain aura of, of Sizo, and he's drawn many people to it. The Tzana Shava is that they both have an, a way of projecting an environment that you feel you're part of something of Kedusha. Um, I think that that's the key. So, if someone's speaking about somebody who can tell you clear yes or no, but more important is finding people, and, and I think this is something that is really waiting for. Even Chassidus, the irony of it is, when there's a Rebbe with a few hundred Hasidim, they can come around the room for a tish, they can feel connected, they can talk to them occasionally, and, and if, if it's the right derech for them, they feel it. When a Rebbe has 50,000 Hasidim, then, then basically um, it means nothing. So I think finding a, 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 a community where you have a, a personality that you can connect to and, he's, and he has created an environment like that, I think it's vital for this woman. I think it's vital for many people. We have cashless organizations watching out what we eat and filtering companies who watch our internet and all these, like this one, Shadonis organizations, Agoda and others like them watching out for us in government and Chinuch organizations. Why isn't anybody watching out for us when it comes to Tzedakah? There are organizations that are no longer viable. There are causes they never were. Yet our mailboxes, telephones, and newspapers are inundated with charity requests, and no one seems to care that millions of dollars, sucker dollars, are going down a big black hole of scam artists. This is the questioner's assessment and premise, not mine. Why, why, why are we, we spend so much money on sucker? Why aren't we investing a little bit in creating some kind of certification oversight to organization or body? Um. Well, first of all, there's no money in it, so that's 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 the first problem. <laughs> if if there, but more seriously, I, I, our the Rav Zechern of Rocha of our community and the the person the Rashiva established the Yeshiva in Yeshiva Great Washington, Rav Einu Zechern of Rocha, somebody once came to him and said, "Why don't they do this? Why don't they do this?" And he kept interjecting, "Who's the they? Who's the they? Who's the they?" And the person didn't pick up on it. And they should do this. They should do that. Finally, Rav Einu Zechern of Rocha told him. When we become they, they will do what we know is the right thing. Um, I've actually, I, I guess I feel like Don Quixote. I actually tried, wherever I meet somebody that I know and I feel he's in a position to do something, I tried to push this idea numerous times. I've spoken to people who, who are involved in, in, in huge national organizations, um, Gvirim, who've been burned terribly, and things like that. The um, shiva is being asked to the question. There's a real problem. It's, it's a real issue. Now, it's, it's part of the issue of our becoming a big kalal. Seventy years ago, 80 years ago, everybody knew everybody else. And it was possible one person knew exactly what's going on every place. That's long gone. Um, the, you know, today, it's, it's Blayan Hara, you know. Yezim Hashem Aleichem, Kachem, you know, and, and it's wonderful. But we have no chinuch in professional, um, in organized and professional. What needs, I, I believe, and again, I, this is um, what I feel strongly about, um, something like a guide star, some, a website, 
an organization that is funded independently, obviously. You, you don't want them to be funded by the stuckers they're overseeing. You want it to be run by professional accountants, um, uh, auditors. I have a serious uh, question. Is that a Yiddish Azach? That means the rabbis who we talk about and, and the G'dayim who gave Tzedakah, did they do that? Was that? Is that a Yiddish Azach to check in so much? Well, Someone, if, if, let me explain something to you. You have $1,000 to give somebody. So if you know it intimately, you know exactly who you give it to, that, that, that it's not you have infinite amount of money. And the problem is not just that this person is getting money he shouldn't get. The problem is people who need the money are not the getting it. Not and, and, and I can tell you, again, unfortunately, I, I know too many stories, and I become very cynical. Uh, people who really needed money, as people went to, quote, unquote, raise money for them, and um, they, they gave, not, not, not only didn't they give money, they didn't even give mice money to the person they needed to. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, maybe that's what the person got. I, I, unfortunately, um, so you need to have a professional group. You need that they should be, you know, yakis with no sense of humor, humorless yakis, nothing like that for, for running. All yakis. What? Any yakka, basically. I go to welcomes everybody. So, but I, I, what I mean is professional people, people are not dependent on it. Um, and they need, all they need to do is ascertain basic facts. In other words, might, there would be a website, and if you want to be part of it, you register, and the, the demands are, again, professional wake-up criteria. S somebody checks how many people are, are you serving, what percentage, how, when was the last time you ordered it, what percentage goes administrative course, what percentage what you're saying, and does the place exist or not? I've known people who and to keep updating it year after year. I mean, because yeah, things yeah. are, and, 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 or, or else you could say list. It was last updated in 1970. Decide what you want to. I, I don't think we should tell people what to do, but have the information. I, I mean, I get hundreds of envelopes like everybody else does. I used to put uh, my, my 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 means are not great, so I, I used to put a few dollars each one for Shoshana or whatever it is. Until two, three, four places were shams, I stopped. I only give to something or somebody I know well, you know, that, 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 that I know. It's, I'd stop, so it goes straight into the garbage can. Okay. We, we, so you want to have that group, and you want to have, what you do want to have is, you want to have Rabbanim not in a position where they're doing this work. It's, not, it's professional work that should be paid for, overseen by professional people. Rabbanim should give halachic guidelines, and they should be willing to take what will happen is, and, and let me give you a scenario that I'm sure everyone can imagine. Somebody will, will call uh, 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 the, the person, the, the accountant running this, at 3 in the morning and say, there's emergency now, you have to put it up. The guy said, we have rules and relations. You're right, Seach, a Raidif, a Meiser. You know, there's a whole vocabulary, and then you get six phone calls and, and two people putting bombs by your doorstep. You need to have people that will stand up and say, this is Durham. And again, you, you, it, it requires, what, what do you do with the person that three in the morning, they need to fly into America, you need money? These are, but but if it will, what will happen is, what's happening is people give less and less to these causes. I, I mean, you get jaded. Uh, you know, another one, another one. I, I personally know a, a bunch of them that are, that, that are farces. We can't publicize those because it's Lashon Hara. It's, it's because of this and that. So, so it's, it, and what happens, people become very cynical, they start giving. And the cynicism also destroys, so Rabbanim don't know what they're doing. It's the same, cynicism becomes very pervasive. And this is an area where people know stuckers that don't exist, people that don't exist. Got it. And it has a ripple effect. I, I, would, I think you're throwing down a gauntlet that a group of people, and I would suggest 
It should be spearheaded by donors who, who give lots of money and give really wholeheartedly to create an organization funded independently and structured in a way that's menschlich, respectable, but doesn't allow itself to be manipulated. Actually, so I'm going to try to make exactly that kind of website. Oh, really? Yeah, he started such a website. A fellow in Santa Valchuva, that he got exactly this. He spoke to me about the fact that he has envelopes and Erlucha, he knows envelopes and with the Holtmimus, Holtmimus over there, every right he took a $5 check in each one of them, and it was getting out of hand because the more you send, obviously, the more you get. Yes. That's what's happening. So he started getting like piles and piles of reams of envelopes. So he finally came to me, spoke to me about it, he gave me a whole envelope. So I was able to see immediately <laughs> that half of them were Pashat, you know, some of the same address with different names. You talk yes. about a lot of these things. So he was at that point trying to develop a website where you would have Abonim knows he knew some signatures he recognized from the Haredi community. My father was some some letters, this and that. So he knew that these were more, you know, ostensibly more that who takes who's signature where. But he tried it. He didn't get far because he didn't. He needed, like you say, the infrastructure of Rabbonim. The plan is a fantastic plan. If we if we could get this this ball rolling out of this session just for this alone is Kvartikantu. This is a big task. So we're, we're addressing to, to the viewers. So there's no question you, you, from this. adding money. tens of millions of dollars to, to genuine stockers. To real stockers. And if the cynicism goes away, then people will want to give more. Everybody they know they're sure. giving something which counts. It's real money. I'll speak about the churban of having a person give stocker to the wrong address. I know, I know from personal experience, sometimes people will call me without saying uh, names, of course, but they need a writer. Why do they need a writer? Because if that guy is being chased by the mafia for stocker money, and this person is, is uh, he, he had such a stray for lawyer lady that he's sleeping in, in the subway station, I better come up with a story for my little real, he's a real mitzvah. But I have no drama in my story. There's no mafia, and there's no fire. Could you help me find a way to write over regular people who need money? Why do they need money? Because they can't pay tuition. You know, because they, they didn't get their bonus. But there's no drama in it, so it creates an untenable situation for them. So they're also resorting to, to baloney. So no, no, she was saying, let's do it. I, I, the I one mean, who's watching this in the field, they're they. I, yeah, it, it, it needs, and I'm telling you, the, the people who should spare it are the people that they, they, that they are real money. time him and they start and, and do it professionally. And again, make, you, know, you have to think beforehand uh, how it could be run well professionally in, in a way that respects the, the, the needs. And, you know, they're loyal to many Nitzrachim, you need to figure it out. But it, it, would, it would add tens of millions of dollars to, to genuine stock. And bring back the heart, because it would, yes. be, it would be real. You know, you bring back the, it would bring back a faith that, that, you know, that we know that things are real in our world. Since the CMHS, there's been an explosion in Lima Taira. The Afyami are a similar program, so many, there's Arisa, and there's Zichru, and there's so many, and there's Dafa Shavua, and, and they're all very well marketed. marketed. So this is obviously laudable. Ariba in, in, in Taira is beautiful. But along with the Kriya's learning, um, some have pointed out that it's become a bit commercialized to the point where it is being branded and marketed like the latest must-have iPhone. Should it be of concern that we might be losing the inherent Kedusha Satira, or is the end result justify the means? I figure that's a strong statement, the end result justify the means, but as far as having this, this peeve of the fact that it's coming, it's sold like, like Madison Avenue, it doesn't bother me that much. He maneuvers a you're talking about the maneuver. But you pull into the base medish. The maneuver could be Madison Avenue as well. But the base medish is the place that it's a sham, it, it, it does the job. <laughs> Certain amount of terror itself, if the person unfortunately responds only to the market, 
that, that gets into the Giblat Gemur. So be it. It has to be done with Seichel Al-Kapana. The things that are so tasteless are putting together Nairishkeit and the things that attack the things that shouldn't come into a Jewish home to try to sell. That is true. But if things are marketed in a certain way, because again, unfortunately, the world we live in today is that world of Yaftalakim the Yefes. It's a very, very external world. It's a world that, unfortunately, the glitz, the, the pomp and glory is what meets our eye. So if that is a, as a means to get us to the base medrash would be a wonderful thing. I don't think there's a peeve, although it has to be done tastefully. You know, that's a, a dangerous to Torah Khalilah, the inherent Kedusha of Torah, I don't think becomes minimized because the person is Dafyemi because he was so taken by the, by the, by the glitz, by the, by the pump. It doesn't, doesn't change once he gets to learning. What drove him to this may have been something which was Madison Avenue type, that's true, but once he's in Torah, the Torah does it. I'm not so cynical about the fact that the means are yeah, not, not here to justify such ends. Um, I, I had a Rebbe of Tendel Zechon of Rachel, Yitzhak Tendel Zechon of Rachel, he's the father of Moshe, Yitzhak Zechon of Rachel, and he took around Rebbe Bochber in America when he came to raise money. And he had a lot of interesting stories about it, and one of them was they made an appeal in the shul, and whoever made the appeal started waxing very, very eloquent about what kind of Givaldi Kegoyen Rebachber is. And, you know, the, the whole, the, the American, even, even in the 30s, uh, America had a, a knech that Europe didn't have. And Rebachber ran up to the beam, he gave a clap, and he said, Sheke bechozov s'nishtemis. So whoever was with him, I don't know if it was of ten or somebody, told him, nay, nay, Azei Shaf Miguel, that's the only way to do it. Is that? He said, that's the only way to get my shoes here. So <laughs> let me talk about it. Um, I, I, I to what Reb said, I think it, it's if you, last week's parsha, the brachas on Yaakov were given to Yaakov wearing big of. So if nothing was sold commercially and everything was undertoned and so on, we'd say we have a chance. It's it's it, the fact is everything gets sold commercially. As long as what happens in the base medrash, like Sean said, is tire and rain, so fine. Let this be the mashchehu. If if this is what's needed uh, to get a person in, but but whoever is giving over the tire understands that he's also changing a value system along with it. That, yes. Not mamish to end justifies the means, but it's not you're not so worried about the. But but if, if, if this is what's is needed, the main, getting a person into not only a base medrash, but into a, an environment of Torah, that that's so. What, what, it, what it as long as it's within the realm of something. Right. Um, At the end of it, that has to happen. At this point, in fact, another shed that skin. The after the kim the efes v'yish kim ba'ole shame there it's ba'ole shame. Yeah, you've shed the skin of of after the kim the If it's not more than the same production happening here, that's not what we're talking about. Right. Okay, so we're going to end off with a question. I'm sure Rashi Yeshiva who are experienced in sitting with people understand that this question goes both ways. It's not unique to one spouse over the other, and it's, it's really Nagay in every community. I've been growing in Avedis Hashem for several years and learning in Yerushalayim, but my wife seems to have little interest in joining me on this journey, and if anything, she works against it. Is there an Eitzah? Okay. <laughs> um. In, in, whenever you have issues, even very from issues between a husband and a wife, there's, a husband and a wife relationship is complex. And there's always a buildup of different feelings. And the fact that he's found a new hobby and something new 
and leaving me behind and making insinuations I'm not good enough and it's not that he's the big tzaddik and when it comes to doing things in the house he's not the biggest tzaddik v'chulu 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 um, it, 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 it's expected to create the problems we're not talking about two boys in yeshiva and one is turned on and one not you're talking about a complex relationship that has a lot of things built up in it um, he would be very wise to work with somebody because even the way you're presenting the picture I could, I, could, I could write a script, since you write so many scripts, I could write the script the other way. My husband was always selfish, he doesn't want nothing. He got into this Rebbe now, and he runs off to, to learn. He, and now he doesn't, you know, if, if we ever had any, the only good time we used to have is, is, is doing this, and that he also doesn't do because he claims now he found God. And he's really a selfish person, cares about himself, and God is part of his selfishness. I could write that script, then you'd read that question at the next session. That, that's the, so I think they need to A, speak with somebody who, who understands them both, where both feel they're understood and can guide them. He, because there's a klal in Chayshim Mishpat, he's made a radical change in the marriage. He needs to compensate. That's called a radical change? Growing in a Vedas Hashem is called a radical change? It's not built into well, the fabric if you, of... Well, if you are kind of mildly orthodox and, and now you've, you're, you're running around a shtreimel, it's a radical change. You, you might say it's the right thing, but, but it's, it certainly is a change. From no, what it's not, that's not maybe the radical changes. He wants to give it to the iPad. No let more me, Netflix. Let me, time in, let me chime in for a moment. It's, yeah, this please. point is so important. This is the point that I have, and I've had the experience but poil with this child. Yeah. And I turned to the husband. It's a dangerous thing to say. I said, you, Valdik, you're so good, and you made decisions. Your mom is dying. You know something? You made the change. That's not the man she married. You made the change. Be aware of that. That's Once called, you become, you're a different person. That's Aliyah that minimizes Aliyah, uh, but that's not Shubis the man. Called no love the Rambam says about Shuvas like he's born from new. So, you know. But so, what about again? He, he doesn't want technology in the house anymore. So we're, we're so giving We're a specific example. That's that's wonderful. A specific example. Literally for the moment, it's a change he made. She was married to him at this point. Until now, you were you were on the same plane as I. Same same plane, exact playing field as I was. That's exactly where you were. You made the change. You, the one who made the change, you have to be aware of the fact you've made the change. Now, that is to say like this, you found God, you're excited, at this point you became, you know, you're a you're, you're firebrand, you're gewaldig, your mom is taking it's, it's true, it's real. But at the same time, the change you made, the moment you realize you made that change, you left her behind, of course there'll be resentment built up over here. It's posh because it's not the man I married. Once you're fully aware of that, Everything shifts. You have that weirdness. She understands you're sensitive to that point. Sensitive to the point that you made the change. And therefore, I understand it's hard for you. You're not holding it where I'm holding. So she suddenly begins to respect the change and changes her attitude to what you've done as opposed to you're off and running. That's so important. I've had this with Poil. And as much as it sounded funny, I had this with Bali Chuba and when the, with the Bali Chuba is the husband and the wife, I had both ways actually. The wife was not there yet. She was totally fry. And they came with issues. Obviously, there's obvious issues over here. And I turn to him and I say, I, I commend you. And it's so dangerous to say, I'm the from, I'm the rabbi. Givaldi, you became from, but you know something? You made the change. That's not the man she married. And we hear it's, here it's extreme, obviously. So both of us should be here are saying that there is such a Muslim, this is a concept, that one spouse could be at a different place spiritually than the other one, the and that's is, okay. And working together, that's okay. Of course it's okay, but the type, it has to be mutual respect. You can't lessen the respect. I'm sorry, I chimed in. I have no, to no, 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 no. But the respect has to be there. The covet has to be there. She has to respect the made that change. She's not there yet. 
And the question is how they work together and the things they do. You give you a very specific example of no technology. Now, I, I don't know that this let's, is... Let's, let's, let's this is a, a common thing. For a, for a where he somehow, some shmir is there for the fact that he avoids the technology. And he does, he's not coming down on her with, 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 with a ton of bricks to make sure that she throws at her technology as well. That's fine. There's a certain amount where you know what the house looks like. You work it out. As long as you both appreciate and respect where you're coming from. I made the change, says the husband. Therefore, you have to understand the change. And I fully respect it's hard if you make that change. You're not there yet. I'm sorry. I just, just no, I, 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 that's the first thing genre. is you have a responsibility to, to keep the home together. You, you're, imagine, so let's take an example. Let's say a woman who, who grew up in a literature environment wearing a, a shaitel. Her husband decided shaitels are not good. He, 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 only a tichel. And he would like to wear a tichel. She resists. And he tells her, you're a prutzer, and you're this, and you're that, and you're going to Gehenim, and, 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 and you can quote that there are 9,000 Gedolim said things. What would, what would you think that's like? Vice versa. I've had this many years ago. A woman called me. She married her husband. He's a from doctor. He's a wonderful person. He supports kids in yeshiva, this and that. But she wanted bad to me. She wanted to sit and learn my traditions and that. What should her attitude be? Her attitude should be to respect and what he is. And, and if you don't respect the other person, then, then what you're doing is the worst of both worlds. You need to understand you made a change. It doesn't mean she had to see it that way. She grew up with this was normal. Um, I've, I, you know, uh, there was a, a woman who married somebody who was kind of very cool with it, and then he became Feshtaka, yeshiva person, and there was a picture of them at the chasna in the house, and someone, so she looked the same, he looked different, and someone asked her, who's this? It was kind of a strange question. I mean, <laughs> it's a picture, and she said, that was my first husband. Um, so understand, if the to- understand the responsibility of keeping a family together under extraordinarily difficult conditions. It's an achrayis, an achrayis to you, to your wife, to the children. Understand that unless you can understand the other person, respect the other person, and, and, and make the other person comfortable, it'll only create more and more resentment. You need to compensate for whatever you took away by showing that, that this, is, this process is making you more sensitive, more caring, that Ben Adam Chavir comes as a package with being religious, according to many shitas, and, and, uh, and, and then kula heva ulai. But, but he needs to understand that, like Zach, call him a shani al taktayna. And, and as, you know, it, he, he needs to understand that that's the way it's going to work. He's got the burden of making it happen and making it work. Can we get one more question? Is it okay? Sure. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, sure. Good last question. You know, over the years that we've been doing the sessions, five or six years already, Hashem, there was a big chef of plenty financially for a long time now. For the last few years, there's been like this thing. And, and we were changed by it, uh, everybody in their way. This question comes from a younger man. A few years after his chasana, and he lives in, in a prominent Torah community, surrounded by people like him who are, who are still learning. How should an average, again, everyone has their own classification of average. I don't know where he's, where he's coming from. How should an average 24, 25-year-old guy be expected to stay in yeshiva meaning Kyle, or even be happy with himself learning when they see the crazy amount of spending that's going on. Their wives want, so they have no choice but to get the new car or the $600 pair of shoes. And you can hardly blame them because the pressure is enormous with what's going on around them. Again, I don't have the data. I'm just reading the question. What can possibly be told to these guys to make them happy about themselves and not always trying to live for who they are not? I would only say... That I understand the question. I, th- I think it's coming from a place of reality. 
It's a very difficult question because you're talking about a, a, a societal change, a societal shift. We need to say he's part of a society that indeed has changed the standards. Everything has changed. Everything has become something else. Now, obviously, they went through the dating process. You're talking about a younger man. You said 24, 25 years old. He's obviously a person at this point. So there were certain expectations, I hope, that were there and expected and spoken about when they went through the dating process and got married. Yes, indeed, society about them changes. At the same time, if he's committed to a certain amount of learning, that's what, that was, that's what we looked for, the Ketchila. You know, I guess this is much more subjective as opposed to objective. It's very difficult to deal with this. I'm sure there's yeshiva. I see things look one way when you're in the dorm, and they look another way when you're in a community where people are spending, and, and, and the firm community spends above his means. It's not a secret. It's not a side that we're being legala over here that, that people are spending a lot more money than, the, than they can. True. In other words, but she has to be on board with him. In other words, again, mutual respect is, is the most fundamental thing when it comes to, to, to a shidduch. Mutual respect. The fact is that she respects what he's doing. She really is machshav what he's doing. And she understands that being what he's doing is something he's limited as far as his funds are concerned. So she has to understand to live within the means itself. So as much as society about her... But the things that people exploded. need that they didn't... I, I, again, I don't have data. Right. Go into Philadelphia, she, she even ask everyone to take off their hats to Shabbos. There's no more Stetsons. No one's wearing a Stetson. There's only going to be Borsalinos. Every single bacha from ninth grade all the way till the end is going to have a Borsalino. Why? It wasn't like that because... So whatever that Borsalino is, for women it's more. There's things that from people sort of need or else they're on the outs. It's a difficult question. The answer, in other words, insofar that you're trying to make a real change, a real change in his attitude or her attitude is what it is. So, in a Hanami talk, if he's living, if they are living, so what would the chief tell his Talmud? You're in, you're in Kailal. What's the message to him? His wife really needs more, but he's sitting and learning. What, what's the message to him? To make him happy? To give him. I try speaking to his wife. So she would speak to his wife. Yeah, sure. And what would the say to her? I've tried to explain to her exactly, you know, that is, give him a few more years, a few solid years. It's so fundamental. It's what you need for the home. He needs it for his full development. He'll be there, Mitzvah at one point. So as much as it's a veto on your part, the fact you're not going to get X, Y, or Z, which is totally expensive, but he needs it for his foundation. It'll be a totally different home if he has it for his foundation. It's not going to take him out of that mode of, of behavior of living at this point because of the things that you need. And I understand, I'm not Khalila minimizing the fact that there are needs. That's, that's how it is. There's halachas, right? There are halachas of daimech soyre. I understand that. But try, see what you can do to allow another year or two in that, in that, in that, in that mode. Nice. I have understand it. Nice. I would say the statement is a big generalization. There are many communities and sub-communities of people who really live um, sober lives with an errand's kite and you know without uh, the um, you know w- without a lot of the of the things you've mentioned and like the Ramam says a, a person is governed by society and picking the society we live even in in areas that are from there are um, different shades and a person knows the houses are nicer here but there are a lot of expectations the houses here are kind of much more simple, or they're apartments, but um, it also is a more sober look at life. One of the decisions you make is where do you feel comfortable living? Um, I tell, you know, when, when people ask, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important to match uh, a boy and a girl in, in, in what their expectation life is and so on. So the words are, don't mean much, but I think one of, one of the best litmus test is, where would you feel comfortable, two or three areas you'd feel comfortable living in, and two or three yeshivas you'd be comfortable sending kids to. That gives a sense of what sort of person wants. 
there are Baruch Hashem communities, many communities, um, and, and again, like sub-communities within New York, within, you know, Muncie, within this, you have plenty of sub-communities where, where life is simpler, expectation is simpler. I mean, I, I, one of the things, I grew up in Lower East Side, and I said there were many ways of raiding kids. Who could beat up who was very important. Who could play better punch ball was important. Who got better grade school was important. Money didn't exist. Everybody lived in a three-room apartment. Nobody had a car. Everybody had the same sloppy stuff. And it was, there was something very, very special about it. it, it you know, it, it, finding an area where people have other ways of looking at life and, and what they value uh, is important. That's part of the decision that you make. So, yes, you might have a, a nicer house over here, but it comes with a, with a package. And I think that's, that could be a way to the Chathila set up a, a lifestyle that, that will allow you to live the life you want to live. I just want to end up by saying it's I get emotional everywhere at the end of the session. I, the same word rings in my head every single time. That we have a community with Talmud and everybody has a Talmud Chacham in their city. A Shiva, a Rashkail, a Rav. You all went to Yeshivas and you have Rabbi. There are people who have the clarity and the confidence and the experience to be able to so easily and so calmly and so logically answer questions. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.